0: Hello, and welcome back to What's Happening. I'm your host, Chase Shropshire. A little bit about myself for those of you who are new listeners. I am 21 years old, living in beautiful, southern, sunny California with my wife, my two beautiful, beautiful dogs, and I am a corporal in the United States Marine Corps. I'm originally from Iowa, but I was also kind of raised in Arizona. I mean, I went to high school there and everything, met my wife, and yeah, I think that's enough about me. But a little bit about the podcast, Uh, what's happening is basically a show that I do where I just talk about things that interest me that might go on in the news. I talk about some MBA related topics and also topics that help promote the health and wealth of other individuals and just help you uh, gain a better understanding for yourself as well as just some motivational things for self-improvement. So, getting into Tell Me Something Good, which is a segment I like to do prior to getting into the topic of any podcast, because there's so many negative things going on in the world, it seems like, with 24-hour news cycle, that I like to bring up the good things. So, the first thing is, a local church in Florida pays off over $7 million of crippling medical debt for around 6,500 family members, so... When I was reading this, I thought this was incredibly interesting. Basically, this church in, I think it was like Central Florida, their goal was to raise around $48,000, but they ended up raising about $153,000 with around 350 members of the congregation. And what they did with this fund was they funded three foster homes for an entire year, and they use the rest of it to wipe out the medical bills. And you might be wondering, just as I was, how in the world did they do that with the money that they had? Well, they used a company called RIP Medical. And basically what they do is they buy the, these medical bills or this debt for pennies on the dollar. That way your donations and your investments can have a greater impact. And their website is ripmedicaldebt.org forward slash number sign challenge. I would highly recommend going to their page. I've looked into it a little bit and I might start donating in the future, but I think it's really important that you always give back to not only your community, community and members of uh, your church, but also this just shows that when you give back to the church, the church is able to do wonderful and uh, amazing things and really just fulfill God's work with that money so it's not all for nothing and it's incredibly important to give back um, to give to those who are less fortunate than you and just to take care of your neighbor and the second story was a woman in canada her car failed and she couldn't afford a tow truck so four i believe canadian teens basically pushed her four miles to get her home so these teenagers approached the vehicle and it was smoking. They were on their way to a coffee shop. So they basically decided just to stop, see if the woman was okay, and offer to push her the rest of the way home. And this is something that's just, it's so amazing to hear about humans just taking care of humans. Like people who just out of the goodness of their heart just do something that's, I mean, this is something that required a good deal of effort, pushing a car even with four, three, young, strong kids, I mean, it's, it takes work, especially four miles. I mean, and and they didn't do it because they wanted any sort of reward. They just did it because that, that's how they were raised, is their morals. I mean, that's what they believed was the right thing to do. So I just think it's incredible to hear stories like this. And basically, in a nutshell, I mean, when someone else is in need, you see somebody struggling and you're there to see the smoke or you're there to see the signs, just lend a helping hand because At the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. So getting into the topic of discussion for today, we're going to be going over some NBA news because this offseason has been bonkers. I mean outright, just outrageous. It's the craziest offseason I think that I've ever been around for. So first, I have to talk about the OKC Thunder. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge diehard Thunder fan. I've been through it all with the big three with them breaking up, and it was just the Durant and Westbrook show, Durant his MVP, Russ winning his MVP. I mean, we've really been through the ringer as fans, and now the Thunder trade away Paul George, which we had re-signed him to a deal that I thought was going to keep him there for a few more years, but we ended up trading him to the Clippers. So we received, as an organization, Shea Gilg- Gilgis, I think that's how you say it, geez, Alexander, Danilo Gallinari and five first-round picks. So it's just it's bittersweet because I didn't want to see Paul George go. I'm a huge Paul George fan ever since I watched him ball out in Cleveland. I think it was back in 2013 when he was just really just giving LeBron James and the Miami Heat some problems and buckets. He's an incredible player, and I was rooting for him to come back for from his leg injury. Like I think the entire NBA world was. Also rooting for him. And just to see him go, it's, I don't know, it's heartbreaking. It's it's hard, like, watching any star leave. But I think this just kind of proves that Kawhi Leonard is incredibly unpredictable, guys. Like, he goes to the Raptors. He wins them their first championship as an organization. And then he just, he dips. I mean, he waits till the very last moment to announce where he's going. And this was something that, there were some reports out about him looking to go to the Clippers. But not everybody was totally sold on the idea. Me, personally, I don't understand why some people were so surprised. Because I think it was very clear that he didn't want to play with LeBron James at the Lakers. And him staying in Toronto, I think, was really the only other option. The only other real option, really, was to stay with Toronto or go to the Clippers. And I don't think anybody paid Kawhi Leonard as the guy who recruits other players But, I mean, Boardman gets paid. We're we're seeing a totally different Kawhi Leonard now. I mean, he recruited Paul George. Obviously, that was how Paul ended up requesting that trade. Honestly, there's no other reason why, as the Thunder, we would make that deal. And that was kind of the first domino that fell to get this whole OKC Thunder rebuild rolling, which we'll talk about in a minute. But my point is, is that I think that it's interesting that we go into this season, thinking we know what Kawhi Leonard is as a man and as a basketball player when really we had no idea apparently. But I do think it speaks volumes to the OKC Thunders kind of pedigree as a organization just because with how they handled the Paul George trade and then the Russell Westbrook trade, which we'll get into, they requested those trades. And I mean, Paul George definitely had a lot more value than Russell Westbrook, but Those players obviously went to management and said, hey, this is where I want to be traded to. This is where I want to play next season. And they traded them. Like We didn't have to trade Paul George. We had him under contract. So I just think that I'm very proud as an OKC Thunder fan of our organization just for the amount of class that we showed our players and our stars. But yeah, I again, double-edged sword. I'm really excited for the future, but... Obviously, I wish we would have been in win now mode, especially because we were on the cusp of a championship, gosh, almost a decade ago at this point. I mean, it's been about seven years, so it's hard to watch. It really is hard to watch. But Shea Gilgis Alexander is a up-and-coming point guard, young kid, showed a lot of a lot of potential. And then Danilo Garnari is an interesting one because he's a seasoned veteran player coming off a resurgent year where he was clearly back to kind of the score that we saw in Denver. And those first five, uh, those five first round picks as well. So those extend all the way to 2026. So we got a lot of time to really rebuild. I'm, I'm hoping, because we're a smaller market team, that the Thunder do it the right way and we don't end up like the Phoenix Suns where we're rebuilding for like a decade. So I'm hoping that that amount of picks either leads us to gaining some more experienced stars or we just are able to draft correctly because we really haven't drafted well other than Russell Westbrook Obviously Kevin Durant and James Harden, but I mean we didn't really pull the trigger with James like we should have, and that's how he ended up with the Rockets. So shifting a little bit from OKC Thunder to Russell Westbrook and his legacy. I love Russell Westbrook. I am not a Russell Westbrook stan. I understand where his flaws are as a player, but KD was my favorite player. He left, then my favorite Thunder player obviously had to be Russell Westbrook. Him and Stephen Adams I love the dynamic duo that they had off the pick and roll and the lobs and everything it was amazing to watch but I do think that it says something about not necessarily him as a, a dude but definitely his play style that I, obviously Paul George loved Russell Westbrook like a brother I mean there was videos coming out and they they were always Paul always had his back when push came to shove I think it's it's about winning, and he's an L.A. kid. I mean, so the draw and the pull was there, and he got seduced by the Clippers. I mean, that's just what it is. I think that it just kind of confirms Russell Westbrook as a player that you can't really just, you can't win with. You can't pair another star with him and then go get a ring. I think that's a fair assessment to make of him, but also as a An organization and as a team, we just didn't have the right pieces. I mean, we had him and Paul George, but we didn't really have shooters. Like Schroeder wasn't really a shooter, and that was kind of a weird fit. Steven Adams could have been our anchor the whole time, but I mean, we didn't have great shooters. I get like Oladipo leaves and becomes a star, like KD wins rings, all this other stuff, but it's also a dynamic of the system that they're in and the players around them, so I don't want that to get lost. And something that I think is crazy is Russell Westbrook, he's, he's a Hall of Fame player. Phenomenal athlete. And we'll talk more about the trade in a little bit and, and what that means for Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook individually. But, I mean, in terms of his legacy, I think it just kind of, I don't think it distracts from it. I think it gives the haters more reason to hate. And it, that's just kind of what it is. So let's move out a little bit further west. The Clippers, man, great offseason for the Clippers. They go into the season being assessed as the best team in the West with the best dynamic duo, which it was something interesting. I don't know if it was on Jalen and Jacoby or First Take or which show it was, but Jalen basically – Jalen Rose – basically said like the era of the super teams is over and it's now back to like dynamic duos which i think is definitely pretty interesting when you look around the league and pretty true but back to the topic at hand i mean yeah the clippers being the best team in the west i think you can make that argument they're definitely the best team i think in la right now when when push comes to shove i have a lot less questions about how the clippers fit together than i do about the lakers Obviously, the Clippers have two of the best two-way wings in the game right now. Arguably, maybe one and two really depends on where you put, like Kevin Durant, who's injured right now, obviously. But um, and what's crazy is the team was able to challenge the Warriors without the two stars, any real stars, and all they gave up was obviously their point guard of the future, and then Danilo Gallinari. And if you look at it, you I mean, you drastically upgrade from Danilo Gallinari with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, and then you add the other one of them, and it's just such a a great move, and I think it's a perfect fit, honestly, too. You got Doc Rivers, and his defensive mind and schemes for for his team has always been one of the best in the league, so I just think that it's crazy how much better they got without having to move too much, and they're very much in win-now mode. This is a win-now move for sure. But I think the more interesting storyline of all this is what if Kawhi Leonard wins a championship as a Clipper? What does that do for his legacy? I don't think Kawhi Leonard, even at that point, would be a top-10 player. I think it's tough, and I think it's closer than some people would think, but the people who think it's close are a little bit off. And what I mean by that is I don't think, he, I think he's closer to maybe top 15 at that point or top 20, but top 10, he's, he's still definitely not even on the outside looking in. He's a little, he's a little further from the glass than that. And, and the reason I say that is he has a lot of the accolades needed, but uh, one of the big ones he's missing is an MVP. And he very well could have gotten one last year if he, wasn't, he didn't take some of that time off. But I think if he got an MVP with the Clippers at some point in time or wherever he goes, and he's got the chips, three different teams, the finals MVPs, the all-around game that he possesses, it's it's gonna be definitely a top 15 career. I just think it once you get to the top 15 and then you crack the like cracking the top 10 is so incredibly difficult. Like in my opinion, I think that Kevin Durant, if anybody is the 10th best player to knock, in my opinion, I think Bill Russell was 10. If anybody's knocking Bill Russell out of the top 10, it would be Kevin Durant. And that's just my opinion. I think that in terms of his game and as a player, he's there. And I don't think Kawhi, Kawhi's not there yet for me. I don't think that he has, he doesn't have the same accolades and overall as a player. But I think the way he gets over that is if he wins a championship or two with the Clippers, and he wins an MVP. And that's how he gets over the better player or like better scorer aspect, as many people bring up with Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant's going to go down as probably the greatest scorer of all time. And Kawhi Leonard, to kind of go over that hump into the top 10, will have to get more accolades, whether it's with the Clippers or not he'll have to add more accolades to his resume. Okay, now let's move on to the Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul trade. So obviously the Thunder acquire Houston's 2024 and 2026 first round of picks. Both are one to four protected and then they also get pick swap in uh, 2021 and 2024. So a lot of talk has been who won the trade. I cannot give a specific team the W on this one um, just because I think that the Thunder got a lot of assets back for for Russ, and I don't believe that there wasn't a huge market for him anyway. But what they got in return and, and all these picks that they're stockpiling, they did very well. The Rockets obviously got Chris Paul's contract off the books. They now have Westbrook's, but to kind of make my point a bit more clear, we'll get into the fit and the system for both teams, mostly the Rockets. I've heard a lot in the sports media realm on Russell Westbrook and how this is a bad trade for the Rockets. It's a bad fit. Like It's a team about analytics. It's an analytical team built by Daryl Moore who loves the three and Russ can't shoot the three. Think about this for a moment. Yes, they're an analytical powerhouse. They don't shoot a lot of mid-range shots. They go for free throws, layups, three-pointers. They were built to beat the Warriors. But this is a team that was built to beat the Warriors signs Dwight Howard. They've signed Carmelo Anthony. They've gone to sign other free agents that they've been trying to attract That don't fit that mold. They also, you need stars in the NBA as well. You don't just need some system, you also need stars. The way I see it, because I know Harden and Westbrook are two of the highest usage players of all time, but the way I see it is Russell Westbrook's game is the system around him would best be shooters honestly if he had shooters and then maybe another guy who can play make but shooters surrounding him so that way the paint is not clogged up and he has the ability to distribute the ball to wide open three-point shooters because he's one of the best distributors in the league i don't care what people say about stat padding or whatever about him it's just he's very much like and i'm not saying they're on the same level by any means But in terms of game and what would work around him, he's kind of like a mini mini LeBron, right? Like if he has shooters and another go-to bucket getter at the same time, I think that he would win a championship. He never had that before. In OKC, I mean, yes, we had Harden. We had him. We had Durant. Different league, different teams. A lot of differences back then. And then when you look on... Into the future with some of the other OKC Thunder teams, we had a one and a two punch, but no real supporting cast. So now he has that in the Rockets. I think that the question then becomes, I guess, who takes the back seat? But really, you could, if Mike D'Antoni is doing his job properly and the organization wants to succeed, they're staggering their minutes. So they're not always playing with one another. They overlap a little bit, but... Maybe Russ is leading the second unit a bit more and Harden is obviously playing with Russ maybe like five or six minutes while the rest of the time is dedicated to Russ being with the other guys. And maybe the minutes are split. I don't know. But that's probably the best way because Russell Westbrook is an athletic monster and he's still in his physical prime. There's no real... I wouldn't say that there's no real deterioration, but he's definitely still like explosive as an athlete. And so they upgraded from Chris Paul. Chris Paul, when healthy, better shooter, I get that. Better floor general, but he's not the Chris Paul back with the Clippers. He's, what, 34, I believe? Russ is going to turn 31 here pretty soon. But, I mean, with his contract, it seems a little bit less atrocious to me. Then Chris Pauls. So, at the end of the day, I think that the people in the sports media trying to say that it's just not going to work between them. First, I would say, obviously, we have to wait till the season starts. But also, I just I don't see how it doesn't. I, I personally think that as long as the Rockets, because now the West is seemingly wide open, So they don't even have the Warriors to defeat. And they were essentially the second best team in the West. Or the third if you count the Nuggets. So I think they have a very good shot at the championship next season. As long as health-wise they're good. And the fit even works like 75%. I think that that would be enough. Let's go out east for a minute. KD and Kyrie to the Nets. Not really a shock. To anybody, <laughs> I mean, we did think that they, the New York Knicks weren't going to fail as hard as they did, not getting the number one pick, not getting any free agents. It's a very Nick and James Dolan move to not get anybody and then sign Julius Randle and all of these other guys, but I think KD and Kyrie did in the Nets, I like the move. I, I read an article that KD was talking about how the culture was probably the biggest reason he went to the Nets and how like they were always competing and he loved that about them. I think that for his legacy, he needed to go to the Knicks, but I think the Nets are will serve the same purpose. You're going there. You're going to compete for a championship. Like at, it's an irrelevant team. I mean, it made the, they made the playoffs last year, but prior to that, they've been irrelevant. I still think. You bring a championship there, it still weighs heavy on your legacy. The Knicks would have been the greatest move if you win. But then there's that big freaking if. They didn't get the first overall pick. The management from top down is a mess. So really, I don't blame them for not wanting to go to New York. I think it's interesting because Kyrie's going to be the sole act on the Knicks or on the Nets, excuse me, next season. So I mean, he's going to be doing crazy things. I'm sure his points are going to be through the roof and he's going to be dancing on everybody. So it'll be interesting to see when Katie gets back whose team it'll be. But I think that in the Eastern Conference, just that duo alone, that is that's going to be dangerous and a lot of fun to watch. We've been bouncing back and forth a lot, but I think we'll go go back to the West just for a minute. Talk about the Lakers, man! What a trade for AD, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, all these, all of these freaking pieces. But they kept Kuzma. I think that when you look at it and what the Lakers have right now on paper, kind of a Frankenstein monster roster. But I mean, it it, it looks better to me than last year. I think that they got some guys and obviously they had all this money. So Danny Green, yeah, probably was overpaid a little bit. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what they're working with. And I think that it is a really solid team. And you have LeBron James coming off of a summer where for the first time in nine years, 10 years, I mean, he's not playing more basketball. He's got those months to recover, to train. I mean, when LeBron is in his training mode, in his bag over the summer, when he is in the playoffs, he, he's looking pretty, you know, ripped, pretty scary. But, uh, man, I, I think he'll be on the tear next season. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes like top five in MVP votes just because it'll be him in AD. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's not going to be like one of those situations where it's a lone star on a bad team and he wins MVP. But if he comes back and pushes them to, you know 50 wins 60 wins if he if he gets him to 60 wins i bet money that lebron would win mvp for sure for sure i i just think it's crazy cuz they finally got ad and those two alone is just going to be an incredible an incredible show to watch honestly so I don't know, but does that make them better than even does it make it better than the Warriors now? I would say, yes, until, come, until playoff playoffs come around, maybe a little bit before when Clay's back, then we'll see. but that's also a fit issue. The Denver Nuggets. I think as a team, they're, the Denver Nuggets are better just because we've seen them gel well because of the kind of team they were last year. But play personnel-wise, the, the Lakers are probably better just because of how top-heavy those 1, 2, even 3 with Kyle Kuzma are. So I don't know. Their ranking is going to be very interesting. I think once we see them play, obviously it'll be easier. But, yeah, I think it's pretty wild. And then the Pelicans. We'll talk about them. The freaking, They get Zion Williamson. They get Brandon Ingram. They get Lonzo Ball. Like they have these incredible young, young pieces. They get, I think DeAndre Hunter too went went there as well. I mean, they've got young bucks, and they're going to be running it. Like the Lonzo to Zion conversions on those lobs are going to be insane. It's they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Obviously, it'll take some time for those players to develop. They're still real young, but that's gonna be very exciting to see. I think that they're pretty they're gonna be pretty set for the next few years at least. hopefully they'll be able to build a good team around Zion and really, they'll probably have to make some difficult moves in the future with some of the other younger guys, depending on how Zion's development goes. but we can get into that another. Another time. And so that all brings me back to the NBA landscape next season. The NBA is just, it seems so wide open. I i, I feel like I'm being a dead horse or something because that's what all of these shows, ESPN, First Take, are all saying. Like, man, NBA seems so wide open next year. Who's really going to win the title? Like, we don't know. Yeah. There's just not a clear-cut favorite. I mean, I personally think when push comes to shove, I mean clippers, favorites I think to come out of the West. For sure. If I had to if I had to guess how things would happen, I would say the Clippers and maybe Denver and the Western Conference Finals, because I'm I'm pretty high on Denver. I love Nikola Jokic. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers snuck in there. But I want to go with Denver and Clippers. That would be my pick. And then in the East, because KD's going to be out. So the Nets aren't going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Raptors aren't going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I would go with probably the 76ers and the Bucks are the safest bet. I think that, that Giannis comes back. He takes a bigger leap in his development and that's not necessarily saying a three-point shot but I think that he's going to be more willing and capable of shooting mid-range shots I think that he's going to understand more on when the defense keys in on him what does he do so I think he is just going to be because he's got that Kobe Bryant mentality if you've ever watched an interview with him if you know his story and how he grew up and and came to the U.S. it's incredible and his mentality he's got the mama mentality so I think he comes back better than ever and just him saying, like, I'm 60% of where I could be. And, you know, I've got all this room to grow. Don't call me MVP till I win it next season. Like, that's what you want to freaking hear. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Giannis. 76ers, I, they've got some tough decisions, too, I think, to make in the future. I think they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But this will probably be the best year for them to possibly make it to the Finals. If they made it to the Finals... Whatever team, honestly, makes out of the West, I don't know if. Whew, I don't know if they could really claim the title that year. I really don't, just because of some of the issues we've seen in the past in the playoffs with them. Oh, and I forgot too, out west with the Rockets. I I don't think going back to them with the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I definitely think that the Clippers, are they got to be a lock for the Western Conference Finals. As of right now, we haven't seen the fit. I think they're a lock on paper. I like them a lot. And then it's kind of between the Rockets, the Lakers, and probably the Nuggets. So that's kind of my... I'll I'll probably give my predictions in another podcast, but that's kind of what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking right now as the NBA offseason is continues to just surprise me it seems like every freaking day but yeah that's all i had for nba news updates and nba talk i really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast make sure to stay tuned for friday's podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one